Hi everybody, this is me. My what's you done? Look, I'm going live, and now he's just prodded himself or trapped his finger or something. To prove it's live, that was. That's it's live. I bang my finger on it. Anyway, get on with it. Anyway, welcome everybody to our fabulous um, Kennedy Street Live Facebook Live um, with the wonderful Kenny the Nurse. Who I think we, we need to give you a hashtag now, Kenny. Kenny the Nurse. I think that's going to be your hashtag. And we've got gorgeous Stuart, who's one of our amazing mates, but also one of our fabulously talented recovery connectors um who volunteers for kennedy street and obviously we've got my old fella kevin kennedy Anthony kennedy so today we're here to talk about um all things recovery um and family recovery so the month of june for us is we're going to talk about everything that that affects people um people's families that are in recovery and um, we're really interested to hear from you too so if you've got any questions or if you've got any comments or you've got any little experience that you want to contribute we'd love for you to get involved in the chat um, if you're watching today, um, what this is about, it's called Hashtag Recovery Talks because we want to reach people who have never heard about recovery before and we want people to understand that actually recovery is a reality and um, people can and do get better and that's what our charity is all about. It's all about visible recovery and it's about um, taking the message to the newcomer, to the people out there that um, are really still struggling, including family members. So that's what we're about. We're passionate about it all. So um, as I said, my name is Claire Kennedy and I am um, the CEO of Kennedy Street, the charity. Um, I'm also a businesswoman. Um, a business for good woman actually i only create businesses that um, have social impact um i do a lot in the community um i love being of service and i love everything that there is to know about recovery i easily believe it so i'm gonna let kev introduce himself and then stuart will introduce himself and then kenny will introduce himself so and then we'll get into some talks uh, hi hi everyone i hope you're all well and staying safe my name's kevin kennedy i am uh part of uh, kennedy street um claire is the one that that way does all the hard work uh, i'm just a pretty poster boy uh, and as claire said we're all about um, we're all about visible recovery uh, and we're all about helping the community and one of the good things that's come out of this uh, pandemic is the fact that communities have actually discovered each other again and we've always felt here that in in kennedy street that the answer to our social problems is always been uh, in the community um, we have a vast uh, untapped wealth of experience uh, in the people that we try to help we uh we are very much a uh, a hands up outfit not a hands out uh outfit if you if you are in the the midst of addiction or think you may have a problem uh we can signpost you to where where there's going to be help uh, now we are a registered charity thanks to the national lottery who gave us some money thank you very much uh, we are now totally digital um which in this day and age of course uh, is is a great help so uh, that's basically me so thank you Brilliant. 
Hi, I'm Stuart. Um, I'm I'm in recovery, as as Claire as Claire said. Um, I currently work as a sales manager in a clothing business, but also my other job, the more important one probably, is um, raising my three children, who are 12, 10, and eight. They're currently upstairs and hopefully going to be quiet through this. Um, as Claire mentioned as well, I've recently started to volunteer for Kennedy Street as a recovery connector, which is something that I've always, since being in recovery, I've always wanted to help someone else. And um, that helps me as well. So for me, meeting Claire and Kevin um, has been, you know, a real change for me. We're currently doing the training. Um, I'm starting to learn new things. Um, and I'm really looking forward to hopefully helping other people, you know, those newcomers that are coming through the door and, some people, as I didn't, I didn't know that recovery was possible. I thought that was my life for me was going to be addiction and alcoholism for the rest of my life. And um, that's certainly not the case. So, you know, there is there is ways out of it. Um, it's good to be on here with Kenny. Kenny, I've known for a lot of years. We were talking on the phone earlier as well mm -hmm. about his daughter and stuff. And, you know, he's seen me at some pretty, pretty rotten times um, and helped me along as well. So it's good to see Kenny on here as well. I'll hand it over to Kenny. Thank you, Stuart. Thanks, Stuart. I'm Kenny. Um, I live in Brighton. And Carl, what do you say? I, I mean, we did a talk on here the other week. I've got. I'm a father of two girls who, as a result of alcoholism and addiction that the Kennedy Street helps with, I've rebuilt my life and smashed it to pieces on a number of occasions over my life. And really, with all intents and purposes, if you looked at my life on a, in a book, you would never imagine that the end of that book would be someone whose kids live with it. And that's kind of what recovery's done for me. I'm, I mean, I, the one of the reasons I'm really keen to be, but I don't, I don't know if I'm a recovery connector as such. I work really hard, but one of the reasons I'm involved, and Claire mentioned this the last time we spoke, but it left me very thoughtful, actually, because you mentioned the word love, Claire, the last time we spoke, and... and one of the USPs of Kennedy Street is that when you go into any service, and I've worked in a number of them, they're one of the you know one of the fundamental things that's missing with addiction is connection. Um, it's really clear that um, addicts and alcoholics don't end up in that way of life for no reason. Um, but it's really difficult to deliver that kind of thing when you're in a when you're in a kind of a registered, funded statutory service and one of the unique selling points of Kennedy Street is people do genuinely care about what you want to do there's nothing I'm not me and Stuart and Kevin and Kevin, none of us are getting any money for the reason I do this is because I want to help people get sober and the reason I want to help people get sober and clean is because that keeps me clean and sober and then and by as a byproduct of that it means that I'm there for my kids continually rather than one of the failures that I had in the past so you know, I, I, I really don't know what to say outside that, really. Like Claire said, I'm a nurse, and um, no matter how many times you fail, you can still make it in the end. It's not the end of the story until it's the end. And, uh, yeah, so I don't really want to say too much about that. Stuart says he's seen, I've seen him at some bad points, and I think he's, he sat in my front room in there when we were both absolutely ruined. So, um, yeah, we weren't actually drinking or using we were just trying to struggle to get to change our lives and we were friends so yeah anyway that's i don't know what else to say really thank you. thank you kenny 
Thank you for those lovely introductions. So I suppose on this note, what I want to do is, obviously, the, the month of June is for us, and um, we really want to talk about family recovery. So I get a lot of questions, people ringing up um, who are affected, impacted by somebody else's using, um, and they feel really quite hopeless. Um, but what I want, what I want to touch on today is. Um, obviously your stories i would like you to to give us a bit of background as to your story and um, like where you've come from and um what what made the difference and, and what it is that you do now um for your family really and the impact that that your recovery has on your family um because i think that can never be estimated i think people don't realize the enormousness of that um and i mean we're blessed I'm in recovery, Kev's in recovery. I, I consider myself to be blessed to know people like you and to help people like me who were once lost. Um, and it's an absolute honour and a privilege. Um, and I do a lot of work with families as well because um, they need to know that there's hope as well. So, yeah, so should we start with Stuart? If you wouldn't mind giving us a little bit of a background and then we'll go to Kenny and then, Kev, if you want to add anything after, after the chaps have told their stories. Thanks, Stuart. Thanks, Claire. Thanks all. Um, yeah, I'm Stuart, um, recovering drug addict and, and alcoholic. Um, a lot of stories that, you know, I hear and, you know, I, I, I go to meetings where there's other people. A lot of stories I hear, you know, people have come from maybe an abusive background or, you know, have got some serious trauma in their past. And, and that wasn't me, actually, you know. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time trying to find someone to blame for it. Um, but it was just, I just feel my personal opinion and experience is that um, I've got something in me. Um, you know, I wasn't happy with myself and I always had to fix on something on the outside. And, you know, I spent some time abroad growing up um, and that didn't make me use, you know. And I think what happened was I, I, I got into drugs reasonably late. I was 17 and um, had my first drink about 12 or 13, I think. Um, and um, I just smoked a bit of weed and I thought, well, you know, that's harmless. It's natural and all the other stuff that everyone tells you. And, you know, other people say it's a gateway drug. And I just, you know, it, I just didn't think that was the case. And then the acid house era hit and, you know, I loved it. You know, I absolutely loved it. We used to go clubbing in Manchester or Liverpool every weekend and drive up there and drive back. And um, when everyone else started, you know, started to sort of, live their lives so to speak i was still partying the party had stopped but i hadn't and um i think looking back with you know with hindsight it's you know my addiction started a long time before i really realized it myself um i always was the one looking to go and get more you know it was never for me if there was one of something and that was the last one in the world, I wouldn't want it because the, the absolute obsession and the allergy, you know, that it causes within me, I have to have more and I have, I will do anything to get more. Um, you know, as this is recovery, you know, family month for recovery, um, you know, I, I damaged my family so badly. I'm, I, I don't know if my sister's watching today and I, I sort of, I don't know if I wanted to or not to be honest, but, uh, you know, my family, I've got an older brother, younger sister. Um, my younger sister's a nurse. I'm very proud of her, obviously. Um, 
and I just pushed them away. You know, I used to think that maybe I, um, that they, they abandoned me. They didn't. They never abandoned me, um, especially my sister was always on the end of the phone for me. It must have been horrible. When she used to see her phone ring and my number come up, she, she must have thought, what now? Because that's what used to happen all the time. There was always drama. I'd always phone when I wanted something, I'd done something wrong or whatever it may be. Um, and, um, you know, my mum and dad, I stole their peace of mind. I stole many years of their retirement, you know, mentally, you know, of them worrying about me. I used to disappear. I disappeared to Grand Canary for about six weeks. And, um, you know, no one knew, you know, if the next phone call going to be that, you know, I've been found dead. Um, and that must have been a big one for them. And I, I destroyed their lives for so long. Um, I had a daughter when I was 30. She's now uh, 21. And um, I didn't see her for 11 and a half years. And that's, you know, I used to blame her mum for that. And it wasn't her mum at all. You know, her mum has brought up a fantastic young lady. She's wonderful. Nothing to do with me. I, don't, I had no impact on that girl's life at all. And the addiction just kept getting worse and worse. You know, I, I, um, I switched from alcohol and think, well, if I, if I stop that, I'll be okay. So I'd just use a bit of cocaine, you know, and then that would get too much. And, and then I was just in this cycle of not understanding what was wrong with me, not understanding that as soon as I have one of anything, I can't stop. You know, I've, you know, unless I'm locked up or that's probably the only thing, locked up, tied up, it, I can't stop taking, I can't stop using my prescribed. I have one, people say to me now, I haven't had a drink for 11 and a half years, I, I'm not clean and sober that long because I, I hit drugs very hard, I'm nearly five and a half years I think now. Um, and um, I didn't know that it was that first one with me that does, that sets me off, it does the damage and, um, and I just wouldn't stop. Um, and what happened was, is I, I, I thought that I would um, always stay on my own because as long as I was on my own in my own room and isolating and drinking and using, I wouldn't harm anyone else. But then I met a lady that you know I got very quickly married to, very quickly had three kids who Claire knows, and um, you know what happened was, was I. I started to destroy their lives as well. I stopped drinking, but the drugs took over. And it was a very um, dysfunctional, chaotic marriage. And the three kids were very much um, affected by that at the time. And um, what happened was I kept using and using. And then one day I come home from work and the house was empty. It was like the Mary Celeste. The breakfast bowls were still out. Um, the You know, everything was as should be well not as should be but like a family house but with no family and they're gone you know and i didn't know where they were and that's when you know i, I sort of turned to kenny and me and kenny were you know i was desperately trying to um to get clean and um i just couldn't i just couldn't stop um i was going to a lot of 12-step fellowship meetings and i wasn't doing what they were what other people were doing to to stay clean and sober and um it, it just got <clears throat> From there, it just got really worse. You know, social services were heavily involved with our lives, which they should have been. The children were at risk. Um, this time, six years ago, you wouldn't, you know, allow me to look after a house plant while you went on holiday because it wouldn't have lived. You know, I just, I just couldn't, couldn't look after myself. And uh, there was a couple of uh, 
sort of suicide attempts in there although they weren't real ones they were cry for help i think and i you know and it was just it was just very very chaotic and i thought you know losing my whole family that would help me to stop and and it just didn't that wasn't the case and you know things got really really bad and <clears throat> i am um, like i say social involved in my life i was being drug tested continually failing drug tests lying that i hadn't used and it must be something else you know these newfangled tests and they're wrong um and it was what happened for me was that i woke up one monday morning it was after quite a few months of probably not having a day off not sleeping more than a day out of a week i wouldn't have thought and i woke up one morning and i thought i've got to things have got to change i'm either going to go down that road which is probably certain death or that road i'm going to try and get clean and I woke up that morning and I decided that I had to do something about it. And um, and I did, and I threw myself in. Oh, sorry, what I should say as well, the week before that, I received a letter from social services for something called a meeting before proceedings, which is basically they were days away from putting the children into the care system, um, which was, I used on that. You know, I went out, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, I went out and I used on that. Because um, I didn't know how to cope with these things. I couldn't cope with feelings. I couldn't cope with all this stuff I didn't understand in my life. But this morning, I don't know what it was. I just went, you know what? I've got to try. You know, those children didn't ask to be brought into the world. Um, they had two two parents who were both um, both using and drinking. Um, and um, sorry, it just it choked me up a bit. <laughs> um, and. Um, so what I'd done was I just, I phoned someone up and I said, I need some help. And I think that's the hardest thing for anyone who's, who's an addict um, or an alcoholic is to say help. It's the hardest word for me anyway, it certainly was. But I asked for help and it was there. And um, luckily I knew where that help was. And it's through things like this, you know, where we find out where we can go, where it could be signposted to, to get that help. And it wasn't a doctor, you know, it was another person who had gone through a similar life experience to me that was willing to give his time freely to help me out. And um, so that's what I, I engaged with. And I went to see social services. I was three days clean and sober. I was just under nine stone. I weighed 12 and a half now. So you can, I looked pretty bad at the time. And I said to them, I said, you know, I want custody of my kids. And, you know, I had a free solicitor because it was care proceedings. So you still get legal aid for that. And I, even the slitter looked at me like I was mad, like dripping with sweat, you know, that horrible detoxing that you do. And, um, and I just worked hard at it, you know. And, you know, I said earlier, you know, my, my children are upstairs. They're 12, 10 and 8. Um, I look after them on my own. Um, how did that happen? You know, there's some real positives that come out of it, as Kenny will, you know, also speak about in a minute. But, you know, my life is unrecognizable from what it has my brother sister my mum and dad are all in my life you know i have a lovely partner i have my three children i have a relationship with my daughter it's not as um as strong as the one with my boys because i've missed so much of her life through my own fault but my boys today um just amazing i mean there's times i mean this this homeschooling is absolutely blowing my mind i am not a teacher i never want to be one if i had my time again i wouldn't be one it's awful. See how they do it, I don't know. But um, they're arguing now. <laughs> you can't hear them. Um, so, um, so yes, I, I mean, it's just changed my life 
you know, I've, I've, I now work, I only work part-time because I have three kids to look after. I'm still working through this. We're not furloughed. Um, I, I'm, you know, I'm now, I do volunteer work for the local um, youth club as, as a, a youth, volunteer youth worker. Um, and I've also started, you know, volunteering for Kennedy Street now, you know, from as soon as the training's done. So, you know, from what my life was, it's, it's amazing. But, you know, the biggest thing out there is as soon as you think you've got a problem is to just ask for help, you know, ask someone. We want to help. And, and the weird thing is, is someone asking me to help them helps me stay clean and sober. And that's what people don't get. You're not bothering me. I want to help. You know, if you want to ring, you ring. My phone's always on. And it's rare that I don't answer. Um, so, yeah, I, that's, that's about me, really. I hope that's enough. At least I didn't cry. Thank you so much, Blue. I love, I love you to bits. You know that. And I really appreciate your honesty. I, I know that, that, you know, how hard you work with your beautiful boys. And I know what a blessing they are. Um, yeah, just thank you for coming and sharing that with us. I know that that will massively impact. I mean... Gosh, I was nearly crying throughout the whole thing. So, I mean, it's going to impact a lot of people, you know, that your, your honesty and your vulnerability. And I, I thank you for that because, you know, it's it's needed in, in out there. There's a lot of there's a lot of families struggling. And the beautiful news is, is there is hope. And what an amazing story of hope. So thank you for that. I really appreciate it. But I will say some more in a little while. Kenny, what would you like to, to bring to the table? You'll have to unmute yourself, lovely. Thanks. Hi, Trip. Brilliant, Stuart. Well done, mate. Um, yeah, I remember that time. I really remember it. And it's really weird. You said a couple of things that really made me remember some funny. That's really weird. Isn't it? Uh, my life is so good now, probably because it was so bad. Now, it, I would not add how good it is today if it hadn't have been too awful. I would have just potted along and people's lives are consistent and they continue with however they are it's literally because i mean there was a word that kev said um a few weeks ago on one of his little bits he said the word redemption it's literally like i've been lifted up to something far better than i would have ever been lifted to. you know so much gratitude that i've been able to i mean it was awful don't get me wrong but it's really important not to live in that and realize that when you come into recovery there's loads to do. You said something that really made me that, that really made me remember saying. You said that no one would have left a house plant with you. <laughs> I remember once my spot. I remember once I said to a sponsor of mine, "I really want a girlfriend," and he said, um, "You're not ready for a girlfriend." He said, "You can't even have a relationship with yourself." And I said, "Well, maybe, maybe I'll get a pet." He went, "Don't get a pet." I said, "What? Shall I get a plant?" He went, "I'll tell you what. Get a cactus." <laughs> and I said, "Why?" And he said. Because you've got to take action to kill a cactus. They thrive on neglect. <laughs> and guess what happened to the cactus? I've got a pot here, look. I keep it to this day. I killed it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was laughing when you shared that, you know. You've got to have fun of it, you I, I don't know why. I said this the other week. Both of my daughters are in my life. And by rights, I remember once I phoned my mum. And my dad was dying at the time, he had cancer, and she said to me, I really need you to sort yourself out because um, we need you. And I kind of, in my ignorance, went, well, I'm here. 
And she said, yeah, but you're not of any use, are you? Like, we can't phone at four in the morning and know you're going to be there. We never know if you've got money or not. We, we, can, we don't know if you're able to drive. It's, but in fact, you're a burden in this process. You're, you're, and that kind of summed up my entire existence. I was there, but I didn't really have a purpose. There was no role. It was purely selfish and using and drinking. And, and I had this delusion that I was living this life that was um, productive. And actually, it wasn't. And then when I come into recovery, what's really strange is, I mean, I got so beaten by it. When you're, when you're, you know, when you, you're wanting to stop using and drinking is one thing. But when you fail so much that you even give up trying to stop, that's hopeless. When you think it's just not possible, so you don't even bother trying. That's where I got to. And then... Um, for some reason, one day I just decided, you know what, I just need to concentrate on what I'm doing. And like I said on here the other week with Claire and Kevin, I concentrated on that. And without paying it any attention, everything came into line one thing at a time. I just kept doing the next right thing. Instead of having these big plans of how I'm going to be or what I'm going to do, I just concentrated on the next thing and make sure I did the right thing next. And before I knew it, people were phoning me up and telling me that I was reliable. And people were phoning me up and saying, can you help me? And I don't know, you know, like by some kind of grace that happened. Um, but you also mentioned the Mari Celeste, like your house was like the Mari Celeste. You know, when I, when I was about 15, my mum, my drinking was so out of hand, my mum sent me to Ireland to get better. Well, there's a mistake for a start, right? That's the last place to send someone to get better from drinking. And I went there for the weekend and I stayed there for two years. And I used to drink this wine called Marie Celeste. When you're drinking something that's named after a boat, what went missing, you're in trouble. Um, it's, like, it's almost named after a blackout, isn't it? And, um, you know, that was how hopeless it was. And I'm so glad it's not like that today. And I'm so glad to have a deeper understanding. But the thing, I suppose the point I was trying to make was, I didn't really have a plan to be a good dad. I was just trying to stay alive. I didn't really have a plan to go back to work. I just did things one day. It's just really easy to get wrapped up in how it should be. You know, there's a difference between a drug user and an entrenched drug user. Like when I stopped using, it was but the beginning. I still had my value systems, my honesty, the ability to work. The, the ability to care for others. There was so many, there was so much kind of internal damage to put right. So, it, you know, you take a long way to get into it and then you take quite a long way to get out of it. And um, I, I, I'll, I'll sort of end on this really. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a, as you know, I'm a nurse and I'm a, I used to be a drug and alcohol worker. And one of the things that Kennedy Street do really well, I think, is that they used to have this term in drug and alcohol where it's called harm minimization. And I remember reading this story about these, these girls in America who wanted to get clean and sober. And, and, and people would go and say, do you want us to help you get clean and sober? And they weren't interested. They didn't think it was possible. And they were girls who worked on the street. And they said, well, what do you want? And they said, well, we want massages and we want pedicures. And we want... So they gave them that. And within six months, half of them were clean and sober. But what they did was they worked with what the person wanted to do. 
And that's what I love doing with people. It's like you don't have to come at me and, and, and believe it's possible. I'll believe it's possible for you. And that's what's really good about recovery is that let's just do the next thing. If you're going to keep doing what you're doing, that doesn't matter. But let's get the relationship going. Let's start. Because like I said to a young girl at work the other day, she said to me, she was crying and she said, um, I don't know where to begin. There's so much going on. I don't know where to begin. And I, I so remember that feeling. I really do. I see such pain when I was using She said, um, I said, it was only I heard off the telly. I said, what was the two animals that got off the ark of Noah's ark when it hit land? And she went, I don't know. And I said, the two closest to the door. Like so at sea for such a long time, they couldn't wait. To get, and I went, whatever's next is next. Just start. And she began to speak. And within 10 minutes, she started feeling better. And I suppose that's, that's uh, the reason I say that is because I just want people to know it's possible. I really do. I don't, I don't, um, it's not as hard as you think it is. The big idea of getting clean is the big idea that comes later. Just start, just start. Anyway, yeah, I, I, like, um, I haven't really got a lot else to say. I know there's not a lot of time, so I'm going to leave it there. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Kenny, so much. Um, yeah, thank you for being part of our amazing tribe. Um, I so appreciate, I appreciate your honesty and, and your integrity and, and your heart as well. Like you say, you know, I mean, the most important thing that you can give anybody is that belief. And, and, and I thank you for that. I thank you for, for, for your belief, you know, in people and your, um, just your willingness to, to get alongside people and, and support them until they can believe in themselves. So yeah, you're amazing. I do I do appreciate it and love you to it. Kev, did you want to say something? Uh, yeah, before I do, actually, uh, I think we better just say hello to the people that are actually watching us. We've got uh, Rebecca. I won't use full names, but Rebecca, uh, who said actually great talk. I just want to say a huge thank you to Kenny, unaware to him, he inspired me about twenty years ago and stopped me going to a dark place. Great to see you doing so well. So that's great. Uh, hello to Karen and Billy and Marie and Stephanie, Rachel, Glenn and Chris and someone at the top that I can't work because I don't know how to use computers. <laughs> and your sister is watching. Yeah, so I just want to say thank you. Lily, she's a nurse, Lily Chill. She's amazing. She's she, she, my work wife. Is she? I think it's what's stunning about what I've just heard from, from both of you, um, Kenny and Stuart, is the fact that if someone had just tuned in and, and didn't have a clue what what we were talking about and they saw these two um, obviously intelligent, um, lucid uh, people um, who not so long ago um, couldn't do anything. Who, who were, were 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 trying to get their children back? They they go well. No, they look they look absolutely fine, um, and, and that's a credit to both of you. And it's always a privilege to hear the to hear what you have to say. Um, and it is recovery month, uh, family recovery, and, it, and it's vital. So I have a question uh, for both of you, really, um, because we open this up, and there might be someone who's just in that situation. 
that you were in not so long ago, who's in the depths of despair, who's deep into his, uh, her or his uh, addiction, uh, in that situation where the children are, are going to be possibly taken away, uh, at the real bottom, um, what would you what would you say to them now if if they were, if they were listening? What advice would you give and encouragement would you give? Do you want me to go, Kenny? Yeah, go on. Kenny, um, for me, it was just as Kenny's, you know, said, you know, start at the beginning. You know, for me, it was just engaging, putting in the action. I was able to talk and lie a good recovery, um, you know, and say, oh, yeah, I've stopped or, you know, I'm going to have a few days off or whatever it was. But, you know, I knew that I needed to, to put some action in to do that. There was a guy I used to whinge and moan to by text all the time who's um, from Crawley, lovely fella, one of my best friends in, in recovery. And uh, he just used to text back three words every time. It would be action 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 and he wouldn't put anything else and for me that was it it was just putting one foot in front of the other there's another guy in recovery says that kenny probably knows as well put one foot one foot in front of the other and drink lots of water you know and just little things like that it's just about moving forwards just about concentrating on i don't want to pick up a drink or drug for net you know at this next hour or these next 10 minutes until you get to a point when all of a sudden, I, well, I woke up one day and I, I realised I don't think about drinking drugs anymore. But I engaged with, with everything that was out there. I engaged with social services. I engaged with a key worker. I engaged with counselling. And I engaged with the fellowship that I'm part of. And um, it sounds a lot. But first of all, help move forward. That's, that's for me. Amazing. Thank you, Stuart. Kenny? Yeah, it was really weird when I got mine. <laughs> I didn't really have social worker involvement. I, I'm, I was quite lucky in that. I mean, my my oldest daughter was living in Ireland. I'd managed to sort that out in a previous period of recovery. She was living with my mum, and um, my youngest daughter was living in Worthing with her mum, who was a nurse. And they were stable enough to make sure that that wasn't necessary. But I certainly couldn't get to see my youngest daughter. And, and I wasn't really someone who my, my oldest daughter would want to come and stay with. I'm more when you're drinking and using, why would they? All that chaos. But I think one day, I think um, social workers and partners and mums, they want to take, like I said earlier, you know, it's really easy to get wrapped up and have a war. Sometimes the best way to win a war is just to surrender, isn't it? Like, and then it's over. It's kind of over then. I, you know, I, I can't imagine the social worker going to one and saying, you've chosen this career to take care of children and look after people, and, and so you want to work me. That, that just doesn't make sense. Like, If you go to one and say, what can I do to work with you? The trouble is, when I come out the back end of my using, I was very damaged. Everyone, I was resistant to everyone. If you said the wrong thing to me, I wanted to have a war with you. It was like I was fighting and fighting and fighting to get everything to go my way. What I realised was I had to sort of stand and be alongside someone to get it done. I remember one day I was beginning to sort my life out and I, I had some savings in my room. I don't know, it was a few thousand pounds in cash. That, and my, I got an email from my ex-wife who was going through a really difficult time. And I, I phoned her up and I said, uh, <laughs> this is how damaging it was. So I've got some money. 
So let me help you get out of trouble. I'll meet you at work. And I met her in a hospital in a car park and I gave her half of what I had, which was a couple of grand and in cash. And she said, this isn't drug dealing money, is it? <laughs> and I went, no, I've been, I've been, I've been stable for a you know a while now and I've been doing stuff like working and, and I haven't really been spending money because I don't smoke and I haven't been using. I just want to start off. And I started, like I said earlier, I started doing the right thing. And then she said, well, really, you need to consistently pay me money. And I did that. And then that day came that I spoke about before when she texted me at work. And it's really weird that when you find out that the reason people are horrible to you is because you are, are the one that's causing Do you know what I mean? Like, it started with me. That's the I'm, I'm, you know, they say I've got, a, if I've got a million problems, 999,000 or whatever those are of my own making, you know. Um, no one's out to get me. No one's out to get you. Normally, if people are involved with your children, it's normally as a result of the fact that you're doing something wrong. You know, it never occurred to me to think that way. Um, and I suppose, I suppose um, that was the major change when I started to get my kids back in my life, was when I started to realise that it was me at the centre that was causing it all, that, that I had to... And, and like I said earlier, that's kind of the damage you come out the back end of your using and drinking with. Your value systems are gone. Your, your perceptions of things are gone. You know, my, my first inclination was to, just to lie to get my way rather than to try and work out what, what does the situation need for me to get my way. But yeah, that, that kind of consistency. And now, uh, which is really bizarre sometimes when they are there, they rely on me no phone kenny he'll know what to do who would have thought that would have happened to me you know that's incredible i could never have done that on my own there's no doubt about it um yeah i don't know what else to say really i never really had that involvement i just remember like i said earlier and, and, and Stuart just said you do the next right thing and try not to worry about the long game just trying to get in the habit of doing the next right thing. There, there isn't a social worker alive, I don't think, who specifically wants to hurt parents and children. Mm -hmm. And you have to bear that in mind. If you, if you say to them, what do you want me to do to get my kids back, and you don't do it, then it's you that's done it. That's what I would say to people. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? So I'm a nurse. I know for a fact why I'm in nursing. It's not because I want to be a bad nurse. It's because I want to do a good job. And that's why social workers are social workers. They would rather you weren't in trouble. That's the truth of it. Yeah. So you open your heart and go into them with a bit of honesty, you will get out of this mess. And if you go to people like Kennedy Street, you'll begin to get out of your mess. You go to meetings or whatever, and you begin to deal with your stuff. You'll be surprised how many ripples outwards that has on your life. It's an incredible journey. And what you end up with is... Like I said earlier, my life is far better now because it was destroyed. You can turn what was a really negative thing into a wonderful life and asset. Far better than if I'd never used or drank in the first place. Far better. Anyway, that's, that's all I really can say. Thank you, Kenny. And what I would say, I'd absolutely reiterate what you said there, Kenny, about social workers. In my experience of working with families who have got social worker involvement, 99.9% .9 of the social workers that I've met 
only want the best for the family. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, not a lot of, and I wouldn't just say social workers, but I would say even caring professionals don't know about recovery. Um, no, no. It's quite scary, to be honest. They know about addiction. They know a lot about addiction and the chaos that, that reaps. And one of the things that we do at Kennedy Street, and we really want to do more of, is go to these professionals and put on, um, you know, presentations where we invite people like your good selves and people from other fellowships, people from family fellowships, um, and to talk, to give a lived experience of actually, yeah, it was terrible. It was horrendous. It was like living in hell. But you know what? We utilise the gift of desperation, that awfulness that you talked about so so eloquently. And and you know, I mean, you've got one or two choices, haven't you? It's like the end almost, or you you use this pile that that that's collated around you, and you think I'm going to get out of it. And what I would say as well is there's a lot of support out there. Um, I mean, we are just but a signposter and a, and a, and a connector in the community. What The way we do it, we facilitate workshops, we give education. It's all from lived experience. We don't act as professional, professional clinicians because everything that we do is the power is in the people. Um, and we have family members, we have recovering addicts, we have recovering gamblers, we have recovering everything. Um, uh, those are the people that come and volunteer for us and get involved because it's so important that people are given hope that there is a solution. But you don't know what you don't know, do you? It's like you guys talking, you know, you never knew all that you know now back then. You know, you might have sat with Kenny for a few a few cups of teas and coffees, and I'm sure you gathered loads of information from him, but it's... Yeah, a the blind, the blind player. Oh, Blair. But you were trying it, like you said. You know, yeah. um, Joanne Fowler says, this is such an eye-opener. I recently joined the mental health team who works with Kenny, the lovely Kenny. I feel this discussion will help me support our patients better. Thank you. Thank you, Joanne. I really appreciate Thank that. You, Joanne. Lovely. Yeah. And, and you know what? I would love to invite Joanne to one of our, our events. I think we should put on a, a visible um, Zoom event where we invite people from different fellowships to come and give their, give their testimonies and their stories because there are family support as well. So you've got Alan on, you've got Cohen on, you've got Famine on, you know, you've got counsellors out there that are doing great work with families but it's so important that um education is education isn't it? it's education 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 you know um yes kev just want to say something I can see yeah. you your finger on that mouse <laughs> hang on oh you've silenced yourself again kev you need to unmute yourself <laughs> still muted yeah hi no, you're all right now. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. No, I want, I want to take this opportunity, actually, to uh, talk directly to whoever's um, listening out there. I think it's worth doing and uh, it's worth reiterating um, because we have been in recovery uh, between the four of us a fair bit of time. To someone out there who's, who's maybe just stumbled onto this and he's at, the, and he's at, at her or his uh, wit's end, um, I need to, I need to, to tell you that um, first off, um, you you are you are not a bad person. You are not um, morally corrupt. You have an illness just like 
like any other illness. Um, and, I, and I think it's important that you know that you're worth something. Um, don't believe what you are telling yourself. There's lots of people out there, I'm sure, who have very choice names for you at the moment. Um, but you, you, you mustn't believe that. And here you are worth it to to get your life back together again. And I wanted to also say here at Kennedy Street, we don't want anything from you. I know that might be hard to believe. We've not even asked you to like the thing, uh, to like the, the Facebook. Thing. I mean, it'd be nice if you did, but we don't even want that. What we want is for you to get well. That, that's it. I know it's it, in, in maybe in this world it's unheard of, but we don't want anything from you. All we want you to do is to get well. And if you get in touch with us at Kennedy Street, we can say, right, first off, you do this, this, contact this person, do this, do that, and do that. And if you do that, you put the action in, and it's like dropping a stone into a bucket of water. That first action, the ripples will be amazing. Um, and I always think it's it's worth reiterating what what us four already know for someone who might have just got themselves into this uh, Facebook page and not know what's going on or or suddenly saying thank you thank you I think I understand that's all we want just for you to get better. Thank you, Kat. Yeah, absolutely. We, you know everything that we do we do with love, compassion, and understanding. We will support anybody and everybody in whatever circumstance you're in, as long as you're willing, like like it's been said, like Kevin said, and like Stuart said, you've just got to be willing to put the next foot in front of um, the other in the right direction, you know, and we'll just get alongside you and we can do it virtually. I mean, mm. because, of, because of the funding that we've received, we've been able to set up this platform. We've got a helpline that we can speak to people. That's why if you, if you are interested in getting some support, give us a ring. We'll speak to you first. We'll take you through um, a little bit of a, a question and answer thing where we can establish what it is that you're looking for. And then what we do is we virtually support you to take those very tentative next steps because if you're like me, you you don't know what you need to do next. I didn't have a clue what I needed to do. I didn't actually think I was that sick. I didn't actually think I was that bad. Honestly, my, my illness had attacked me so much that I was convinced it was everybody else's fault. And Kevin's particularly, he got the brunt of it because it was so much easier to blame him. Poor Kevin. Poor Kevin. Okay. And do you know what? It was ironic because we were both two active addicts in the house. You know, he used alcohol um, daily. I used drinking alcohol, uh, drinking alcohol, alcohol and drugs daily. Um, but because I didn't drink like him, I thought he was the one with, with the biggest problem. It was insane behaviour. But like Kev just said, it got me to the place where I'd been mentally unwell i was unwell for a long time and it was only once i started to get well that i could look back in retrospect and think oh my gosh i really really was very unwell it was a very unwell way of thinking yes i think i have to say as well that everyone here uh in kennedy street um is in recovery so if you're there at home watching this and think i don't like experts we're not experts <laughs> We're not ex we're not ex we're experts in our own recovery. I I, I think it's safe to say. 
there's nothing you can say to us that we don't know because we've we've all been there we've all, we've all been where where you are if you're watching right now yeah you can't give you surprises or shockers because we've been there there's no one here who who you know gives advice and then goes down the pub we're all in recovery so uh, we're together and the secret of this is is weirdly enough um for me anyway is is talking about it is being honest getting honest with yourself and getting honest with other people and and you'd be surprised how how good it makes you feel i love, I love that when you said that, that uh, when you said earlier about if you're at home and you're feeling bad you're not a bad person you know that it took me a while to understand that i wasn't bad trying to get better that i was sick trying to get well and that was all it's just um and no you know i'm a mental health nurse so i understand it's absolutely an illness you know, even some people who are in recovery addicts addicts or alcoholics but wonder whether addiction i know for a fact it is i know for a fact that if you've got something that you've done that's always damaging and you think it's okay to do it again that's a form of insanity there's no doubt about it. i mean it's a mild form no one's going to tell you you're mad because they're going to say you're choosing to do it but it's not quite normal it's not you know and and it's something that we've all been trapped in so no one out, no one out there is bad trying to become a saint there is no saints here it's just people who are unwell trying to get better that's it and, um, Kenny, who was it that said um, insanity, the true definition of insanity is repeating the same behaviour, expecting a different result? result. Who was Freud. it? Freud. And the weird thing is, is um, when that's said across a number of, it, number of people in psychiatry and psychology historically, you know, that, that, that kind of loop we set up. That becomes the way we think all the time it's a very easy thing to get like when you're using and drinking you're living a life full of defensiveness anger always looking out always looking over your shoulder always on the run you make the you know the the, the thought pathways in my mind that thought about myself were really thick ones like rope really healthy and the ones that made me think maybe i should take care of my kids because of lack of use become quite thin and unused but when you begin to get into recovery and you begin to get around people who care about you and you get around people who understand you begin to get back over into those kind of four and what happens is as over a period of time is they get healthy again and you begin to become more because you begin to make a journey back to the person that you really should have been but here's the real thing that's important i think because of the life you used to live you really engage with the new way of doing it and in many respects you know it can be the making of you to come into recovery what i'd like to say to people is it feels hopeless but when you actually come into recovery and you make it there is so much hope in it i've worked for big services and a lot of addiction experts will tell you that the real answer to addiction is connection right? a lot of people say that I worked in a service that used to be called, uh, it, was, it had Sussex in the name, it was just in Sussex, and then it became another organisation, then it rebranded. It's now national and it's really big, and it wins lots of contracts all over the prison system, all over the police, or delivering prescription services. And the bigger it's got, the less caring it's become, the more distant and remote it's become, because what it's doing, instead of delivering on your needs, it's delivering on the contract that the government give it. That's not what's happening here. What's happening here is 
It's for addicts and alcoholics in recovery who only want to help you because it helps them stay clean and sober. And because they really care. And fundamentally, they really understand what you're going through. That's the fundamental, that's the unique selling point of the clean industry. That's the unique selling point of people in recovery. This is nothing in it for me. I could be watching the telly. I don't want to watch the telly. I want to, I, this, there's nowhere else I want to be except right here, right now. And that's one of the things that you will not get that in the service. So if you're going to phone anyone, phone that number at the bottom of the screen. You know, or phone He's always answered his phone, he said so. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, what Kev said as well, you know, about, you know, that, that sort of, you know, thinking you're a bad person, you know, bad person, you know, self-loathing kept me using. You know, I, you know, I didn't know I was ill. And it wasn't until I started to speak, started speaking to other people in recovery that I realised that there was something, you know, there was an illness inside me that I, you know, yes, it was a choice at first, but it got to the point where I had no choice. I used when I didn't want to. I drank when I didn't want to. I drank knowing the next day I had an important appointment. And if I started drinking, I wasn't going to make it. And I still drank. Yeah. So, you know, that sort of self-loathing, you know, just, just kept me out there. Oh, you know, look at me. Look what a mess I've made of my life. And poor me, poor me. And, you know, and doing whatever I had to do. And, um, you know, it, it was just, it was, it was a horrible cycle to be caught in. And once I got into recovery, and like you know, Kenny said, you know, my life is probably better than it would have been if I didn't have a drink. Because I'm so aware of things, and, and like Kenny says, you know, I want to be helping people, and that's what it's what it's all about, and that's what Kennedy Street's got. I think, you know, it's all about community. Kev touched it on the beginning. You know, the community has sort of come together more since this pandemic. Um, I think after this pandemic, there's going to be a lot of people that need need to speak to people like us, you know, and just, you know, do pick up the phone, speak to us. I remember going to my doctor and saying to my doctor, you know, I, I, I think I'm a drug addict. And he said, well, how do you, you know, what do you use? How often do you use? And I sat there, I'm in tears. <clears throat> and he said, no, you're not an addict. Do you know what I've done? The first thing I walked out that door, phone my dealer. Mm. Because I had to celebrate that I wasn't an addict. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's terrifying. It's terrifying the amount of professionals that I've met who are highly highly skilled people in in certain areas of you know medicine who know nothing about recovery, sure. nothing about recovery. So I think it's. I mean, I, I don't blame them. I really don't blame them. And I, you know, it's lucky for them that their lives haven't almost been destroyed by it. But I think it's critical. This is why we do what we do, and we do it with love, we do it with compassion, we do it with no, no judgment, because people need to know that recovery does exist. You know, there's lots of lovely comments, um, beautiful comments. Sobriety brings us a life beyond our wildest dreams and allows us to live and be the person that we were meant to be. It's Absolutely. so true. I mean, that's what we're here for, isn't it? I mean, and and you know what? Unfortunately for me, I was given the gift of desperation that's allowed me to see that you know i'm not here for me you know to to just be self-indulgent and to be all about me and that's what that's what addiction was for me it was all about me it was all self-indulgent and recovery is the complete opposite of that it's where i am free to be and give of myself which is freely given to me you know how rude would it be not to give away what you've been freely given and recovery's taught me that. It's taught me everything. It's taught me how to be a mum. It's taught me how to be a wife. 
It's taught me how to be a loving and sort of kindred spirit to women. I hated women when I first got sober. I was scared of them. I really was scared of them. I thought they could see right through me. I didn't know that. I just thought they were jealous of me. But that was just fun. You know, it wasn't. It was just a big fat lie, another lie that I told myself. You know, but recovery's given me everything. So why wouldn't I want to, to encourage people? But what I would say to people is if you're listening and you're not sure and you just think, oh, God, that maybe for them but not for us, we're willing to get alongside you wherever you are, whatever your, whatever situation you're in, you know, um, if it's bad, if it's really bad, if it's not so bad, you know, you might be high functioning. I, I do a lot of um, work with high functioning people. So that's people that have still got jobs. You know, majority of the people with addiction problems have still got jobs. Um, the phone, the re one of the re reasons why we set up our helpline was because the phone was going that much, my mobile phone, that I couldn't actually use it as a mobile phone. So we had to set up a helpline because people and it wasn't from the hard to reach communities where we do a lot of work as well it was from people who had been furloughed been sent home compounded with family animosity alcohol drugs or whatever the other addiction was and then an inability to stop and that's what really started to scare people that were ringing us up going you know i've tried to stop drinking or stop using and i just i, I can't you know um, but the great news is, is we know a load of people who can support you to help you to do that, which is beautiful. How blessed are we? Yes, Kevin, do you want to say something before we finish up and thank these beautiful men? Yeah, I just want to say thank you uh, to both of you. Um, I mean, as I said, it's always a privilege to hear someone's story. Um, and just to reiterate that we're, we're at Kennedy Street now, thanks to the National uh, Lottery, have given us this helpline, which you can see going underneath. Um, if you want to ring that number or pass that number on to a family member, so this is all about, this particular month is all about family, just pass this information on. Uh, and hopefully, you know, we can help you. You know, um, as they said in Ghostbusters, we are ready to believe you. Yeah. Uh, and we are. And what I would say is don't just think, I mean, we are we are a tiny little, tiny little um, charity, but we're getting phone calls from all over the world, literally all over the world. I had somebody in Peru ring me the other day. And you know what was in, I know Peru, but this guy was- I'm, I'm, I'm happy to go and see him. <laughs> no, wait till we get- Carry your phone. We sell some of these t-shirts and we'll, we'll, get, we'll send you out there, Kenny. But yeah. you know what was, what was really amazing? Within half an hour, Kenny, I'd managed to connect him to somebody local to him in a fellowship that was specific to his need. Yeah. Uh, somebody was I, I, I sat on a three-way Zoom conversation with this man who was shaking and trembling, didn't have a clue what to do, and I connected him to somebody who was actually five minutes away from him. Our, our world, our world gets so big, doesn't it? It's really strange. Mm. I had this um, the friend who I had come and see me the day we we I last talked to you online. She said to me, uh, "From what you used to be like to what you're like now, a I can't work out where you get your energy from, and b I can't work out why your life is so big. You've got all these people. I walk through Brighton." And I can't get to the end of my road without 20 people saying hello. All right, mate, all right, you know, it's like we're out. And who would have thought that would have happened to someone who used to hide in a room in the dark? Yeah. Literally used to hide in a room in the dark 
and now my life is really big. Yeah. And that thing about getting in touch, remember what I said earlier about that harm minimization stuff? Those girls that used to be um, on the streets and on the game and doing whatever they were doing, they, they never got involved because of drug use. They asked for something else. And then just hanging around with people in recovery, it's like a contagion. It's not long before you're thinking, maybe I can do it. Mm. Maybe it is possible. Just get involved. That's what I'd say. Like Kevin said, just begin to talk yeah. to others. And you end, leave that to other, some other power will do that. Just phone up and do that. And if you're a company or if you're a local businessman, especially in Brighton or the, in this area, we also help, you know, we, we would love to come in and, and talk to maybe some of your employees or maybe some of your employers you think may need some help from us. Uh, again, we don't want anything from you. Uh, we just want to pass this message on. So I wanted to make that clear before I hand it over to Claire, who's going to finish for us today. Yeah, absolutely. It's such an honour and a privilege. Thank you both so much for being part of our lives and part of our journey. And I completely add into it with Kenny. And of course, everybody who sees you, Kenny, adores you anyway. And isn't that beautiful that people are stopping you because they love you? And, 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 and they're yeah. like, hey, Kenny, hey, Stuart, you know. You, you owe me 30 quid. <laughs> yeah, and you've been running. <laughs> now it's just a low. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Isn't that beautiful? What a gift, eh? Yeah, so thank you so much. Um, and like Kev said, you know, we're here to help and support anybody and everybody. Everybody, every single person that I've ever met is affected by, if it's not directly, it's indirectly by somebody else's addiction or substance misuse. Call it what you want. It might be an addictive behaviour. And the thing is, is what we want to do is we want to encourage those people to get in contact and just so we can maybe signpost them if they want extra support we can offer extra support you know whatever it is that people need we'll we'll do our best to help and if we can't help we'll connect you with other people who can so um yeah thank you both for coming love you so much um give those boys a big kiss from me stuart um, and um yeah and i'm talking about show us your t-shirts boys i've got my t-shirt on Look at that, look at that. And we didn't plan it. How fabulous is that? I'll be wearing this in a, in a marathon. Remember? Fabulous. Well, listen, you get I'll on the right one, actually. They're we, called yeah. Snickers now, Kenny. Hey. They're called Snickers now. What? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what Mandy's we'll do is cool. Kev's just too cool. He's just a guitar man. But we're going to get some caps made as well. And we've got these beautiful T-shirts as well. So if anybody's looking at our T-shirts and thinking, I really want one of those T-shirts, all the profit go to our charity. Absolutely. Or if anyone who makes T-shirts or makes hats wants to make them for us, thank you. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, then, chaps. Thank you. And thanks to James and to Bob, who are in the in the back of um, shot at the moment, who are helping us out, volunteering their, their time and energy into helping us make this happen. So yeah. thank you both. I don't want to forget you. Um, and you. see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.